Uh, well, uh, a few weeks ago, Pastor Tanner asked me, can you preach on October 30th? And, and I said, oh, you know, sure. Uh, hard work, right? I need to do some work. So, uh, sure, I, I'd be glad to. And, and then he said, the uh, scripture story is on Zacchaeus. Went, oh, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, short guy preaches on Zacchaeus. I got it. Sure. There's type, typecasting in movies and plays. Why not preaching too? Uh, but in all seriousness, it's a joy, it's an honor to be able to worship with you and to be a part of the church. And uh, I, can, I really do consider this a, a privilege, so thanks for, for allowing me to, to be a part of it. Um, and in these last couple weeks since he let me know that I'd be preaching on Zacchaeus, uh, I've been praying, I've been just thinking a lot about uh, what, what does the scripture have to say? And... Uh, I'm, we're going to get to that, but ultimately I've been praying that our time together uh, would be us seeking the Lord and, and us hearing the good news of Jesus Christ, the resurrected one. Uh, let's, let's hear from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. It'll be uh, on the screen. Uh, there's Bibles under the pews. I'm trying to make sure I get all the... Uh, on your phones if you have the app. Luke 19, 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has came to seek and save the lost. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I, I was thinking a lot about this story, and uh, I, it's funny how those of us who grew up in church, uh, sometimes we get just this certain idea of a story or, or one main thing from a story that sticks in our minds, and when we hear the, these uh, really well-rehearsed well stories, uh, the story of Zacchaeus, in my mind, is a story about a short guy who climbed a tree. Because, well, as that terrible song goes, the Lord he wanted to see. And then Jesus told him to come down because Jesus was going to his house. And after encountering, encountering Jesus, Zacchaeus paid back everything, everyone he'd swindled, and he gave them even more than he took. So really, it's a story about a short guy in a tree, Jesus inviting himself to dinner, and a sinner repenting after eating with Jesus. So I've been, as I, I've said this like five times now, but as I've been thinking and praying about this, uh, this sermon today, I had an aha moment. Do you ever get those? You're like, ah, I missed something in this story, or, or, or I didn't get the fullness of it each time I, I'd been reading it or heard it as a, a child before. Uh, and this aha moment happened a few weeks ago. I was in Kansas City at Nazarene Theological Seminary because I'm in classes and I had to be there. And 
there's a, a new dean of the faculty, and it's tradition that the dean of the faculty addresses the students and the, the faculty. And I was not real excited to go, uh, but I had to. So I'm sitting there, and uh, Dr. Colson Dirk, she began giving us this address, and I thought, wow, she's pretty good. Uh, she's pretty good. And then she said something that just grabbed me. She said, disciples are curious. And I, my first thought was, yeah, we sure are. We are a strange bunch. Uh, curious. Uh, look around the room, look in the mirror, and you know it's true. Disciples are curious, where curious means a little strange, uh, a little different. And she kept, kept talking, and I knew she meant, of course, more than disciples are curious in the sense of strange. But disciples are those who are constantly curious, pursuing, seeking, wanting more, wanting to know more. And, and so, uh, the more, more than, than curious, the strange disciples of Jesus, that is, followers of the way of Jesus, are curious as in, we should always be asking questions. We should always be seeking. Always wondering, always pursuing, and plumbing the depths of God. Disciples of Jesus are curious. As you read the, the gospel stories, you'll find that this is very true. The 12 disciples began following Jesus because, in large part, they were curious. He, Jesus said to them, come follow me. You don't follow someone unless you're curious about them and where they're going and what they're up to. And so Jesus says, follow me. Some of the disciples even went to other disciples before they were disciples, and they said, we found him. We found the Messiah. Come, come and see. There's curiosity in this. And then, as they've been following Jesus on the way, they ask a lot of questions. Sometimes they're really good questions. Sometimes they're not as good questions. Uh, but they were curious. And curiosity led them to follow Jesus all along the way. So there I was in that chapel, and I heard the phrase, disciples of Jesus are curious, and I realized, isn't that Zacchaeus? Doesn't that describe Zacchaeus really well? Curious. I mean, what, what would lead him to climb a tree? Was it not curiosity? He wanted to see who Jesus was, but he couldn't see. Zacchaeus was short and could not see over the crowd. Uh, I read an article a few weeks ago, and, and the, the author said, I wonder if the reason that Zacchaeus couldn't see, yes, because he, he was likely short, but because the crowd didn't want him to see. Uh, you you kind of get this picture of a crowd lining the road, and Zacchaeus, he, he's behind the crowd, and he's trying to find a spot, and they shift together so he can't see through, elbow him back, push him away. Uh, they do not like Zacchaeus. Why? Because he was a chief tax collector. And, and Pastor Tanner reminded us last week that tax collectors were the enemies of the people. They were traitors to their own people because they collected taxes for Rome and then they took extra money for their own well-being. So Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector, but he was a chief tax collector, a chief trader to his own people. Despite his being hindered by the people from seeing Jesus, his curiosity led him to climb a tree. He so badly wanted to see Jesus. He was so curious, he just 
to glimpse Jesus that he climbed up a sycamore fig tree. I don't know why they tell us the type of tree. I probably should have looked into that. But uh, apparently it was a sycamore fig tree. He climbs up it because he is curious. He is desperate to see who this Jesus is. And he's not worried about his status or what people will think of him. He is a curious person who just wants to see Jesus. So we need to, to note a few things here. First is that Zacchaeus is wealthy. The, that's what the scripture tells us. He, he's rich. He's a rich man. So evidently as a chief tax collector, he has been taking more than his share uh, of the taxes. He has been making himself incredibly rich uh, on the backs of other people by essentially extorting them. And, and in the Gospel of Luke, the rich are not well received. Matthew says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Luke says, blessed are the poor. Uh, he doesn't spiritualize it. He just says, blessed are the poor. We're not going to get into what does that mean today. Uh, but, and then uh, rich people throughout the gospel of Luke are just not well received. Uh, he, he just doesn't seem to, to receive them well. I don't know what else to say about that. Uh, there seems to be an indication that Zacchaeus, in this particular story, is lost because of his great wealth. He's lost. He can't see rightly because he has too much money. Uh, and probably a few other things too. But he cannot see Jesus. He can't see rightly. He's lost because he's rich. Just a few chapters before this passage of scripture, we find Jesus telling stories about lost things being found. There's the, the story uh, of uh, a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost brother. Or actually, maybe even two lost brothers in that story. Uh, but lo a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost brother. And, and when each is found, do you know what happens? There's a party. There's a celebration. Uh, and, and in the one case, it's just a little coin that's barely worth anything. And they celebrate that the coin has been found. They celebrate that the brothers come home, that the lost has been found. They celebrate the one sheep that went away and, and has come back to join the 99. Celebration. Celebration. So today we have Jesus walking down a street uh, on his way through Jericho and a curious, albeit lost, Zacchaeus is trying to get a glimpse. But the crowds are not going to let this rich tax collector anywhere near Jesus. You don't belong here. You are not our friend. You are the enemy. In essence, they're not going to let the lost one be found. They're not going to let the shortened stature. Uh, and <laughs> in my reading for this, I read a few different places that in, in uh, ancient times, I don't like this, so I hesitate to share it, but uh, in ancient times, they thought that short people were like morally short in stature. And so your physical height evidenced your morality. Um, I'm praying that's not true. Uh, but, uh, so maybe part of this story is also that Zacchaeus, who is short, is also uh, morally short or, or corrupted. And that's why he's a, a short person. Um, I don't believe that's true physically, ge uh, genealogically, whatever. But that's what they thought. And, and so here's Zacchaeus. Uh, he, he's, the crowd's not letting him uh, see Jesus because, well, he's a swindler. He's a cheat. He's taken their money and, and given it to Rome and padded his own bank account. So there's no way, no way that they're going to let him anywhere near Jesus. 
Well, this all, uh, I'm going to pull in a bunch of scriptures here today. Uh, but So lost things that are found, celebration. Zacchaeus is lost and the crowd says, uh, too bad, so sad. You're not getting anywhere near Jesus. You won't be found. And, and, and Zacchaeus climbs this tree, uh, this morally questionable person. He, he climbs the tree because he wants to see Jesus. He has to see Jesus. More accurately, again, the crowd won't let him see Jesus. Uh, just before this scripture that we read today, uh, Jesus heals a blind man who wants to see. Are you, are you getting a theme here? Lost things are found. The blind uh, people who can't see desperately want to see. The crowd tells the blind man in this other story, be quiet. Be quiet. Because this blind man has been crawling, calling out, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He just keeps calling out and calling out. And they're like, shh, you're being disruptive. Quiet down. This isn't how people behave in public. Be quiet. And he just keeps calling out. And what does Jesus do? He has mercy on him and restores his sight. This guy did not care about what is proper in public. And so Zacchaeus climbs a tree. He climbs a tree. And we may not think a lot about that. Like, well, he just wanted to see, and well, you can see from higher up. But in, in those times, it was, it was actually considered shameful for adults to even run. It, it was undignified for someone to run if they were a grown person. Now, what about climbing a tree? If you're not supposed to run as a grown person, do you think you're supposed to climb a tree? That's childish, childlike. Uh, and, and so Zacchaeus doesn't care about that. His, his curiosity leads him to set aside his, his own uh, status or, or the perception of the people around him. He so badly wants to see Jesus. He's so curious. He knows he needs to see and glimpse Jesus that he debases himself and climbs a tree. Doesn't care what people think. Doesn't care what the crowd thinks. He has got to see the Lord. So he does climb the tree. And what happens? His, his curiosity leads to an encounter with Jesus. Not only does Zacchaeus see Jesus, but to Jesus, this is personal. This is personal. Jesus is just passing through Jericho. That's what the text says. Jesus passing through you get the idea that he had no intention of stopping. He had no intention of actually interacting, really, with anyone. He's just passing through. But here's Zacchaeus in the tree, and Jesus stops because it's personal. It's personal to him. He just, he's on his way, and there's Zacchaeus in the tree. So Jesus stops what he was doing, and he sees Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus, and Jesus sees him. He sees this chief tax collector who's short in stature and morally corrupt. And what does Jesus do? He invites himself over to dinner. I'm going to your house today. Come on down. I'm coming to your house. And, and uh, today, if you invited yourself to someone's house for dinner, like, don't they have any manners? <laughs> don't they know proper protocols? But in, in those days, to, to go and eat, be invited to eat at someone's house or for someone like Jesus who is considered a, we consider him more than this, but it was considered a great teacher, a rabbi, to say, I'm coming to your house was a great, great honor. To eat with someone was to say, we are friends, we, we, we share much in common. 
And, and so who does Jesus, who is he talking to? Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, a swindler, a cheat, a robber, a, a bank account patter on the backs of others. And Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to eat with you. It's personal. It's personal to Jesus. A relationship with Jesus requires curiosity. If, we, we, if we're to go beyond a prayer of salvation, we should be at peace with the reality that we have been saved. So I, I want you to hear me rightly. We, we have to. Curious disciples go beyond just a prayer of salvation. We, we're, I hesitate to use the word secure, but we're secure in our salvation. We are saved. But we should be constantly curious in seeking the way of the kingdom, which is discipleship. That's what we've been talking about for months now. Discipleship that is on-the-job training. That is to say it is ongoing, and it is learning as we go. Who is this Jesus? And who are we in turn? And here's the good news, the grace. I'm getting off script here, sorry. Uh, but... He meets us. He sees us. It's personal to Jesus. Curious disciples who, who are desperate to see the Lord, not only see but are seen and are met by the gracious love of God. Disciples are curious. What if the crowd had been curious about Zacchaeus instead of hindering his sight? Might they have recognized him as a lost one needing to be found? Would they have seen that Zacchaeus was desperate, desperate to see Jesus the Messiah? I mean, isn't the good news of the gospel that our God is a curious God who made his way to us? That he wants to know us and be with us and among us? God came and made his home among us. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, today, what has come to your house? Well, Jesus was going to his house, but not only that, he says, salvation has come to your house. Because he too is a son of Abraham. The son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, he doesn't say this exactly, but he's saying, you were right to climb that tree. You were looking for the right thing, the right one, and salvation has come to your house. I am coming to your house. You were lost, now you're found. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came seeking. And so what are disciples to be? Seekers. And seekers are curious. Seeking the lost. Jesus, who made his dwelling among us, among mankind, says to Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. That is our God. That is God who comes to our house and makes his home among us. Why? Why? Because God is curious about us. I mean, he knows us, but it's personal. God wants to be in relationship with us. God cares about us. God wants us to be found and to be part of the family of God. It is personal to God. And in contrast to the seeking nature of our curious God, the crowd tries to exclude Zacchaeus. Why? Well, because they'd only given him one story. They saw Zacchaeus only in one way, and that was 
chief tax collector. They knew nothing else about him. They didn't want to know anything else about him. That's who he is. That's who he, he was. That's who he'll always be. The chief tax collector, swindler, robber, the one who takes our money and makes himself rich. And in literary terms, they saw Zacchaeus as a flat character. And so in stories, flat stories, movies, plays, flat characters have no development. They just are what they are from beginning to end. And that's how they saw Zacchaeus. Not even full of potential or possibility, just chief tax collector. And so why would they let him come to Jesus? Because that's all he'll ever be. But Jesus, in contrast, sees him as full of potential. Full of possibility. So much more than, than just uh, his sins, right? That's what the crowd did. They said, he is his sin. He is his, his uh, status among us. And, and Jesus instead sees Zacchaeus as full of potential and promise and full of the possibility of development, right? A round character in literary terms. And, and, and so disciples who are curious follow the way of Jesus in curiosity and they want to get to know. God, and they want to get to know people. And that takes curiosity. And it takes an openness to say, you are not just your sins. You are not just this characteristic or that characteristic, but you are full of the very potential that the Spirit brings up in us. And, and uh, I haven't preached in two months, but uh, old habits die hard. I have no idea where I'm at in this thing. <laughs> Disciples of Jesus follow the way of Jesus and live into the personal nature of discipleship. What did Jesus do? He went to Zacchaeus' house to eat. He honored this person who was lost and sinful by dining with him. What if we, curious disciples, took the personal nature of discipleship seriously? Instead of creating walls as the crowd did or barriers that kept people from seeing Jesus, what if we set tables? And said, come on in. Uh, come on over. Eat with us. Let us get to know you. And actually, we'll be vulnerable. And we want you to get to know us. Because we're not perfect either. Like, turns out we're a lot alike. Let, let's get to know each other. And I guess it doesn't have to be over a meal. But here's what I've found in my life. When I go and I eat with somebody or share a, a cup of coffee or tea or water or whatever's your thing, uh, when you do that and you have conversation, what happens? You get to know them. Suddenly this person who just seems so different and, and so other is now, it turns out, a person like us. And it turns out they're not just their foibles and, and, and their downfalls, but they have a lot of good. And, and how much better if the Holy Spirit is at work. Disciples are curious. And that means we have to be intentionally inviting people into our lives and, and, and entering into their lives in vulnerable ways so that the Spirit of God can help lost ones be found. And the Spirit of God will meet them and say, you too, you too are a part of my family. Come on in, come on in. I think every time I've preached here in the last while, I've had something about go eat with people. Uh, I like to eat, so go eat with people, right? You had a whole series, Meals with Jesus. To Jesus, it's personal. He wants to know us. He wants to know who we are, and in knowing Jesus, us, and in knowing us, Jesus sees us not as flat characters, 
but as round characters in, in the story, full of potential and intricacies, and the result is what? The result of those, uh, yes, I see the laughs, I am round. <laughs> the result uh, of, uh, of those who are met by Jesus and meet Jesus is repentance. And that is a good word. Repentance is a good thing. Those who see the Lord can't help, can't help but to say something's different. So, something is different. When we have met the Lord, I can't, I can't keep doing that. I, I can't keep uh, being, being this particular way or that particular way because God has been so gracious to me. And what? I need to be hospitable. Not only need to be, but I get to be hospitable because God has been hospitable to me. Um, one of my my favorite preachers and theologians is a guy named Will Williman. And, and he says it like this. Repentance in response to the welcome and the love of Jesus, or in repentance and in response to the welcome and love of Jesus, Zacchaeus catches the vision. He sees. He catches the vision of a new heaven and a new earth and becomes one of its first fruits by redistributing his wealth. Salvation is not so much to be snatched from a rotten world, a botched creation, as it is to join up in God's cosmic restoration, fulfillment, and grand reworking of creation in Jesus Christ, here and now. When many people in first century Judea were encountered by Jesus, they didn't simply say, oh, at last, God has done something about my personal sin. That's implied. But rather... It was as if they looked all the way back to Genesis and remembered our first primal rebellion, the first siblings, Cain and Abel, and all the rest, and saw God bringing to fulfillment and restoration all that God intended then, but did not get until the coming of Christ when God made peace by the blood of the cross. So what's he saying there? This is so much more than just a prayer. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of life. It is the, on the way with Jesus in the way of discipleship, which means repentance. And in repentance, finding grace, mercy, and love at work. Zacchaeus' curiosity about Jesus allowed him to see the kingdom of God. And once he saw it, once he had glimpsed the heavenly, king, glimpsed the heavenly kingdom, he couldn't help but respond. He couldn't go back. And Jesus tells the crowd that the lost one is now part of the family. This is the good news of the gospel, that lost things are found, and in Jesus there is life. So disciples are curious. Have I said that enough yet? Disciples are curious. A strange lot to be sure. But we are also curious about the kingdom of God that is breaking in among us. You know that, right? The kingdom of God is breaking in among us. And we are curious about what the Spirit is saying and doing in our midst. And we are curious about our neighbors who have yet to see the kingdom of God. They, they haven't seen yet. And some of them are climbing trees because they know that they're missing something. We disciples are curious to the point of being friends and eating meals with people who've been kept out by the crowds, who haven't been invited to dinner, who've been characterized as the worst of the worst. Disciples are curious, curious because Jesus was. And curious disciples make discipleship personal because Jesus did the same for us. He loved us. He loves us. And he wants to know us. May we be the same towards God and towards others.
I'm not usually big on saying, here's what you have to do. Actually, I prefer to just say something and let you go figure it out. Uh, But today I'm going to tell you some things. Here's what we're going to do in response to the good news. We're going to be curious about our neighbors. I'm just naming it for you. Uh, We're going to be curious about our neighbors. Do you know your neighbors? Be curious. Who are you? Let's get to know each other. Come on over for dinner. And not in a nosy, not in a pushy way, but genuinely interested in getting to know them. And we're going to be continually curious about God, climbing trees to glimpse Jesus if we must. And we're going to trust that we are seeking God. As we're seeking God, others will be curious about who this God is that would invite us curious disciples to his table and into his family. Who is this God that sees us? And who are these people whose response is to say, if I've cheated anyone, I'll give it back. If I've stolen or robbed, I'll pay back four times what I've taken. What what is that to say? What, What am I saying? What if we were a people of reconciliation? Who who say, Lord, forgive us and let us be make it right with those that we've wronged. Don't you think that in a world what that sorry, I'm getting off script, way off script again, but in a world that that says eye for eye, no, you wronged me, I'll wrong you, that it would they would be curious about a people who said, Would you forgive me for wronging you? Or you wronged me, I forgive you? Isn't that curious? And yet that's exactly who God is towards us. Disciples are curious, so go be curious about God. This isn't the benediction yet, but go and be curious about God and about others and find that the table of God grows bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and there is room for everyone at the family meal, which eventually will be the great banquet feast in heaven, the heaven that is to come.